wow, it doesn't get any better than that. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, amen? And you are welcome here as well. Here's what I'm going to ask of you this morning. Stay fully engaged, all right? Let's stay fully engaged and, until the final prayer and amen because we're throwing you some curveballs today and we're saving some of the best stuff to last. So stay engaged, all right? Are you? Are you fully engaged? Yeah, fan, good deal. Yeah, good. Fantastic. Hey, I'm preaching a series of sermons entitled Tune In. This is the second sermon. I'm going to start with uh, our key verse, which is Luke chapter 8, verse 8. And here's what Jesus said in Luke 8, verse 8. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The bottom line is this, God wants to speak to you. Okay? God is trying to speak to you. The question is, are you tuned in to God? You can go out and buy the most expensive, fanciest radio that money can buy, but it's doing you no good unless you tune it in to a station. You've got to be tuned in. The Bible tells us God has given us all the equipment that is necessary to get tuned into Him. We've just got to tune that dial so that we can hear the voice of God. Uh, last week I preached a sermon entitled, Got Your Ears On. We went back to the 1970s and CB radio talk. I kind of botched it up in the second service, but one of those, one of those little phrases was, Breaker, Breaker, one nine, got your ears on. Yeah. It meant, are you tuned in? Are you listening? And, and God wants to know, are you tuned into Him? In order to hear God, we learned last week that we've got to have our minds right. Okay, we've got to have our minds right. Uh, I, I was thinking about this, that this morning. Last, last year, uh, Zane's uh, football coach, he had set him in the practice room before a game. He'd say, okay, boys, get your minds right. Yeah. Get focused on that game. You know, you've got to get your mind right for God to speak to you. And we looked at that in the parable of the sower. If you have a closed mind or a shallow mind or a superficial mind, you're not going to hear God's voice. You've got to have a willing mind. That is that good soil that he talked about that, that is fruitful. So the seed, which is the word of God, can penetrate down into it and produce fruit in your life. So all week, and especially this morning, I've been pray, praying for you that you'd be, in, be tuned in. That you would have a willing mind to hear God's word and God speak to you today. God tells us that he wants to talk to us. In fact, the Bible is full of examples of God talking to people. In fact, if God didn't talk to people, we wouldn't have this book, the Bible. Huh? The whole reason we've got this book is because God spoke to certain men and said, write down these words. And they obeyed Him. They listened to His voice. They wrote those words down, and now we have the Bible because of that. In the Bible, God uses many different ways to communicate to people. Some of the ways in the Bible are, are quite spectacular. Some of them are actually pretty bizarre. For example, God spoke to Moses through a burning bush. On the backside of nowhere, which I suppose is West Texas, 
There was a burning bush, a bush that was burning that didn't get consumed. It caught Moses' attention. He went over to that burning bush and out of the bush, God spoke to him. He spoke to a guy named Jacob through an angel. He spoke to the entire nation of Israel through a cloud. In fact, one time he spoke to a man by the name of Balaam through a donkey. What a great, it's a bizarre story, but what a great story. That donkey turned around and and spoke to Balaam. Imagine that. Some of you say, does God ever do that today? Yep, every week right here at Kavanaugh Church. Oh, boy. Yeah, think about that. This morning, we're going to look at five ways that God speaks to us. Now, these are not the only ways, but they are five very common ways that God is speaking to people today. Number one, God speaks to us through the Bible. Right? Pretty basic right there. We start with this one intentionally because it is the number one way that God speaks to people today, to us, through His Word. Now, there are a lot of people who say, God, send me an email. God, send me a text message. Or, God, write it in the sky. Write in the sky what you want me to do. Well, I can tell you this. God is not going to write it in the sky. Why would he? He's already written it in a book. And that book is called the Bible. I heard a preacher say this years ago, and it stuck in my mind. He said, God never shuts his mouth until we shut this book. That's a pretty good little saying right there. God never shuts his mouth until you shut the Bible. So if you're never opening the Bible, if you're never reading his book, God isn't talking to you very much. Because the number one way he speaks to us is through his book called the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16 says... All scripture is given by inspiration from God. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So why did God give us the Bible? This verse says for four reasons. To teach us, to help us, to correct us, and to show us how to live. It says everything in the Bible is God's word and everything in the Bible is useful for everyday living. That means it's 100% reliable and it is 100% practical. You're having a problem, you need to read the book. You need advice, the answer is found in the word of God. You want to know how to do life, it's written in the owner's manual which is God's word. Now let me go back to that statement I heard that preacher say, which is God never shuts his mouth until you shut his book. This is why a daily time with God is so very important. Because God speaks through his book. And if you're not opening the book, you're not hearing the voice of God. So, Every day you need to listen to God. Every day you need to set aside some time to speak to God. Listen, church, even if it's 10 minutes, okay, God desires more than that. But if it's just 10 minutes, you say, you know what? I'm going to sit down and for the next 10 minutes, I'm giving God my undivided attention. And whether you open up a, a, a 
Bible with pages in it, or you take your phone and they have all kinds of Bible apps on your phone and read off of your phone, you're spending that time listening to God speak to you. And let me tell you, He will speak to you. This book is alive. It's powerful. It's as if a person were speaking to you, and that person is God Himself. And so you stop what you're doing. You spend time with God allowing Him to speak to you through His Word. And you speak back to God through prayer. For ten minutes a day, God has your undivided attention. Why is that important? Psalm 119, 105 tells us why that is important. Your Word is a lamp unto my feet, and it is a light unto my path. That's what the verse says. Your Word is a lamp to guide me. It, it is a light for my path. That verse is telling us that the Word of God is our flashlight for life. It's a lamp to guide us. It's not this high-intensity beam that's going to show you the next five years of your life. Now, some of you would like that, wouldn't you? Some of you would like to know what's going to happen in the future, but God is never going to show you that because if God did show you that, it would freak you out. If God showed you what was going to happen every day the rest of your life, it would scare you to death. So nobody knows the future, nobody except God, and He's not going to share that with you in the future because He wants you to walk by faith every day, one step at a time. Now, when you've got a flashlight, how many of y'all own a flashlight? How many of y'all still have that flashlight, one of those flashlights we used to give away on like Father's Day? Anybody have? Those were awesome, weren't they? Yeah. A flashlight doesn't show you very far ahead. In fact, all a flashlight is intended to do is to show you the next step to take. And God says, this is your flashlight for life. You take one step because I'm going to show you with my light what that next step is. Then you take another step and then you take another step. God gives you enough light for each day. And that's what the Bible's for. It's not going to lay out your whole life because you're never going to figure that out. And that wouldn't require any faith at all. So he says, you read my word every day and it's going to be enough light for today. That's why it's important to read the Bible every day. How does God speak to me? How does God speak to you? He speaks to us through his word. That's, that's Christianity 101. But you know what, church? We need to be reminded of that. Because you need to hear God. How do you hear God? You hear God through His Word. Number two, God speaks to us through gifted teachers. That's what the Bible talks about over in Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 11, he says, Christ gifted some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And then look at why. Why does God gift people to be teachers? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry... And for the edification of the body of Christ. God said, okay, I want you people to learn how to live the Christian life. I want you to learn how to be a church. I want you to learn how to lift up Christ in your daily life. And the way I'm going to teach you that is through gifted teachers. People I've anointed. And let me say a a thing about this this gifted teacher business. When, When you get saved, when you invite Jesus into your heart, immediately the Bible says the Holy Spirit gives you a spiritual gift. 
Okay? So if you've been saved, you have at least one spiritual gift. Many of you have multiple gifts. One of those spiritual gifts is the gift of teaching. Okay? So how do we know if a person has this gift of teaching? How do you know if you're sitting in a Sunday school class or in a worship service if the pastor or teacher has this anointing, this gift to teach? Well, I think there are two dynamics to that. Uh, there, there is the gifted teacher part, but there is also the listening student part. Okay? And, and really, that's not a gift at all. That ju that's just your business as a believer. When, listen, to, I'm talking to you now, okay? I'm admonishing you. When you come into God's house, whether it be for public worship or on Sunday night for Bible study, or if you go to a, a small group gathering where they're teaching the Bible, you need to come prepared to hear God wor God's word. You need to come prepared saying, Lord, I need to hear from you and I want to hear from you. So many times we come to God's house and our hearts have not been cultivated. We're not prepared. We got in an argument on the way to church with our family. Or you're all worried and stressed out about lunch or what's going to happen at work tomorrow. And so as I spoke last week, your mind and your heart is closed. And God's spirit can't speak to you. These gifted teachers that God has anointed, they can't get that word into your heart because you're already shut up. Okay? So you've got to be open. Are you open this morning? About nine of you. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You, you've got to come hungry for God's word. And then the gifted teacher part comes in. How do I know if I'm listening to someone that that person is actually gifted from God? Well, there are a variety of tests that, that, that can prove that. But, but one that I found is so true is this. If I'm sitting in a Sunday school class or if I'm in a worship service and this person is speaking the word of God, they're teaching the word of God, and they're gifted and they're anointed and God is speaking, here's, here's one way I know that. I'm sitting there and I'm listening and all of a sudden it's as if nobody else is in that room. I'm, I'm just the only one there. And, it's, and you know what? God's got my number. And he's dialing me up. He's ringing me up. And I know he's speaking to me. I'm, th I'm thinking, now how did that preacher, how did he get the cliff notes on my life? Has he been reading my mail? I mean, because he's talking right to me. Have you ever experienced that? I told the first service, we were on vacation a couple of weeks ago, and, and the family was uh, in there watching a, some kind of movie, and, and I, I, was just, I was just tired, so, I, you know, vacations wear me out, man. So I, was, I went ahead, and I was laying in the bed, and, and I pulled my iPhone out, and I, I hit YouTube, and, and I, I, just want, I wanted to hear a, a sermon by one of my favorite preachers of all time, and so I pulled up a Dr. Gregory sermon, and he was preaching at a black church, and, and I had my earphones on, and I had my iPhone, and I was laying on the bed, and I was watching him preach. <laughs> Isn't technology crazy, you know? And that my family was in the other room watching, watching a movie, and, and I'm laying in this bed, and I'm watching my iPhone on YouTube with earphones in my head, and I'm listening to this preacher preach to this black church in Texas, and, and he preached this sermon about a year ago, but I'm listening to it. But you know what? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, it was just like God was speaking right to me. He had my full attention. And I could feel, man, I could feel tears running down my eyes, my cheeks, because God was speaking to me. 
It, it was what I call a divine connection point. The preacher was faithful to teach the Word of God. The Word of God was being preached. The Holy Spirit was working. That Word is alive and powerful. And even though I was watching it on an iPhone, it was like God had my full attention and He was speaking right to me. So church, let me ask you a question. Is it important that you read your Bible? Is it important that you come to big church and Bible study? You better believe it is. Because that's how God speaks to us. He speaks to us through His Word. And He speaks to us through these gifted teachers. Every week, this week, this morning, I prayed for you that you would have an open heart. But I also prayed for all of our teachers. We've got a Bible study class going on right now up in room 209-210. Tonight we're going to have several Bible study classes going on with gifted men and women teaching those classes. And I'm praying for them, that God would use them. And I'm praying for you because, you know, we could, we could never know all the stuff that you've gone through this past week. I don't know what you've gone through, but you know what? God does know what you've gone through. And as these teachers teach you tonight, God is going to speak through them just like he's speaking through me right now. And it's going to touch your heart if you will allow him to. Number three, God speaks to us through godly friends and family members. The Bible teaches this throughout the, the Bible. You know, we've all got blind spots, don't we? Some of us have bald spots. But we all have blind spots. You have things in your life that you're never going to see that need to be corrected in your life. You're, you're blind to these things. That's why God puts people around you to tell you the truth. Everybody needs somebody in their life who loves them enough to speak the truth into their life. Do you have anybody like that in your life? Do you have any godly friends or family members who don't just shine on you? They don't just tell you what you want to hear. They love you enough to level with you. They love you enough to point it out. And to say to you, you know what? You're, you're blowing it, man. You're blowing it. You're, you're making a big mistake. You're going the wrong direction. Let me tell you, if you don't have anybody in your life who has the permission to get in your grill, boy, I pity you. Because that means you're going to make a whole lot of dumb mistakes that are totally unnecessary. If you don't have anybody in your life who loves you enough to be able to do that, you need to find some people like that. You need to trust some people. You need to get somebody there with you who is going to help you in those times who's going to straighten you out. So let me, let me just kind of summarize before I go on here. If you don't ever read the Bible, if you don't listen to godly teachers at church or in Bible study class, and if you're not around godly friends who have the freedom to speak the truth of God to you, then God is missing a whole lot of chances to talk to you. So you need to do that in your life. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 15. The way of a fool seems right to him. But a wise man 
listens to advice. So, there's two sides to this coin. God wants to use you to help somebody else out. And God will do that if you're willing. If, if, if you're willing to be that spokesperson, if you're willing to be that friend or family member who's, who sees a flaw, if you see somebody you love going the wrong way, God is going to use you to speak His truth into that other person's life. But here's what it takes on your part. It takes courage to do that. And the flip side of the coin, God wants to speak through other people to you. God wants to use somebody else to tell you you're messing up. But in order for that to happen, it takes a whole lot of humility on your part. I told the first service, I can remember this happening to me years ago when I was a college student. At Hillsdale. Can you believe a, a preacher boy at Hillsdale became arrogant and prideful? I thought I was the cock of the walk there for a little bit. I really did, man. I mean, Satan got a hold of my heart. And even though I was, I was a, a ministerial student preaching the word of God, I got a little prideful. And, and I had a youth pastor in Norman, Oklahoma, who loved me enough to call me out on it. He said, Will, dude, take a look. You're... You're getting a little arrogant, man. And I, here's what I thought to myself when he did that. I'll never forget it. We were, we were in the, Mason, we were in the parking lot of, between the A building and the gym right there. I can remember exactly where I was standing when Mike said this to me. And I thought to myself, just who in the world do you think you are saying this to me, you jerk? I, I, I wanted to jack him in the jaws, what I wanted. I'm kidding. Hey. You know what? He was right. He, he, he was God's instrument that day. And after I went to my dorm room and, and settled down, I got to thinking, you know what? He's telling me the truth. Here's the deal. Some of you know somebody. You've got a friend or a relative or a brother or a sister or somebody you work with, and they're headed down the wrong path, and you know they are. You see it as clear as day. They're getting involved in something they don't need to be involved in. Maybe it's in, in an affair. or Maybe they're getting involved in some kind of addiction. Or maybe they're walking away from the Lord. Maybe, maybe it's somebody from this very church that, that you have set by in this sanctuary. And you haven't seen them in a month of Sundays. And you know they're, they're missing in action. You, you know they're walking down the wrong road. They're doing something that's just messing up their life. And you can see it. But you've just kept your mouth zipped. You've said nothing. You've kept silent. Bottom line is, you've not loved them enough to speak the truth in their lives. As a result, you have used that cop-out, that 21st century excuse. You know what? It's, it's really none of my business. It is your business if you love them. Can I say that again? It is your business if you love them because love cares. And if you care, you'll be aware and you'll dare to share. That's what love is all about. Love says, I love you enough as a friend to not let you do this. So don't blow your life. Don't, 
Don't get into that relationship. Stop doing what you're doing. I care enough about you to risk this relationship because I love you. Now, if you do that, they may not listen to you. But you've done your job because God told you to speak. So you speak it in love. You hear that? You speak it in love. And you let God work. Number four, God speaks to us through His Holy Spirit. God speaks through impressions from the Spirit of God. He gives you thoughts and suggestions, impressions, or inspirations on your mind. Actually, when God talks to you in your mind, we call that inspiration. When the devil talks to you, we call that temptation. When God puts a suggestion in your mind, you are inspired. You have an inspiration. When the devil puts a suggestion in your mind to do wrong, we call that temptation. But both of those things go into your mind. Whether it's the Holy Spirit or whether it's the devil, it's being spoken into your mind. Look what Jesus said over in John chapter 14. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. And He will bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said to you. So the Bible calls the Holy Spirit a teacher. It also calls the Holy Spirit a counselor. He's like a personal coach, a personal mentor. I I know preacher friends who who spend thousands of dollars for an executive coach. I've had an executive coach for 32 years. His name's the Holy Spirit. And I'm not afraid to pray to him and say, Holy Spirit, I need your help. I need to know what the next step is. Whether it's for my family or in my own life or for this great church, Lord, what is the next step? Notice this verse says, The Holy Spirit brings to your remembrance. That is, He brings to your mind. I say it again. The Holy Spirit speaks directly to your mind. He doesn't speak in an audible voice. I've been saved since I was six years old. I have never heard in my entire life God speak to me in an audible voice. Why would He need to? He doesn't need to go through my ears When he goes straight into my mind. And it says he brings to your remembrance. He brings back to your mind everything that Jesus has said. That's why church you need to be in the book every day. That's why you need to have the habit of daily reading the Bible. When you read the Bible and you study the Bible. You are storing up in your mind All of the words of Christ. You're putting them in your head. You're storing them in your heart. You're banking the truth in your mind. And then when you get in a pinch, when you're in a squeeze, when temptation comes, the Holy Spirit's job is to reach down in the reservoir of your mind where you've been studying the word and bring it back to the forefront of your mind so you can overcome. But if your well is empty, if you've not been reading and you've not been studying, man, you're you're just going to come up high and dry. So God speaks through the Bible. God speaks through gifted teachers. I don't know, that might have been God right there trying to dial some of you in. I mean, he, 
God speaks through godly friends and families. God speaks through the Holy Spirit. But here's the last one, number five. Are you with me? Are you fully engaged? God speaks to us through silence. Mm. Sometimes God speaks by saying nothing. Sometimes God speaks by remaining quiet. Now, I don't know about you, but I'll tell you, that's pretty frustrating to me. Does it frustrate you? But God has his reasons. God, God has his reasons why he's, when he's quiet and when he's silent. The point is this. You better just wait and trust him. Because if you run ahead of God... If you go ahead and say, you know, Lord, I haven't heard anything from you, so I'm just going to do what I think is best, and you don't trust God, and you get yourself ahead of God, you're headed for trouble. When you run ahead of God, you're, you're going to regret it, man. You're going to have all kinds of problems. There's all kinds of examples of this in the Bible. Just one I'll share with you. A guy named Saul, King Saul. He was the first king of Israel. He was ready to go out to battle, but he decided he needed to have a word from God. And so he says, God, what do you want me to do in this battle? The problem is Saul hadn't been living right. He hadn't been living for God. He hadn't been doing the right things. And, and so when he came and, and asked God, what do you want me to do? God was silent. God didn't say anything to him. Notice what it says in 1 Samuel 28, verse 6. Saul prayed to God, but God didn't answer. Neither by dream, nor by sign, nor by prophet. In other words, there's three different ways that Saul tried to find out an answer, and he didn't get it. So what happened? He became impatient. You never do that, do you? Man, when you do that, boy, you're headed for trouble. He got desperate, and so he turned to the one thing that he had outlawed in the nation of it. He turned to the occult. This is crazy, man. I mean, this absolutely blows my mind. He turned to the occult. He said, go find me a spiritual advisor. Go find me a medium. Go find me a witch, somebody who can talk to the dead. He knew it was wrong, but he did it anyway because he got desperate. And you know what happened? He lost it all. He lost the battle. He lost his reputation. He lost his own life. I mean, this is not innocent stuff when you mess with the occult. Hmm? And if you're looking to anything else besides God for guidance, you're walking on thin ice, friend. If you're looking to anything else in your life to guide you about your future except for God, what you're doing is building an idol in your life, and it's wrong. You need to run away from that as fast as you can because that is not innocent child play. It will destroy your life. Let me tell you why. Nobody knows the future. Nobody. Anybody tells you they know the future is flat out lying. Because only God knows the future. The future is not in the stars. The future is in the sun. That is the son of God. Everything else is a lie. And if you do that, if you follow that, it is a sin. 
and you're going to be judged by it and for it. And it's of the devil. It is of the devil. Don't, don't get messed up in any of that stuff, folks. Don't, you know, I'll tell you this because I was told by my preacher when I was a little kid, don't even read the horoscope. That's, that's, you stay away from that stuff. You stay, run away from it as fast as you can. You're saying, well, preacher, what, I, don't, I don't understand that. What, I was, what am I supposed to do when God is silent? I want to tell you two things from the Word of God. Number one, you remember God is in control. Job 34, 29, if God is silent, what is that to you? Since he turns his face away, what can you do about it? But whether silent or hidden, he is there ruling. I love that, that last little phrase, he is there ruling. You know, it, it may be that God hasn't shared his plan for your life with you, but you know what, it doesn't mean God doesn't have a plan. He's got a plan. And just because he hasn't spoken to you doesn't mean he's not still ruling because he is. He's on the throne. You, man, you, need to, you need to chill out and remember that. God is still on the throne. Number two, you trust him. Not only do you remember God is in control, number two, you trust him. Psalm 50 verse 15. I want you to trust me, God says, in your time of trouble so I can rescue you and you can give me glory. I, I really think God is asking each one of you that question today, right here in this worship center. He's asking you, do you trust me? I mean, really, do you trust me? D do you trust me with that financial problem? Do you trust me with that dream, with that ache that is in your heart? Do you, do you trust me with all the stress that you're dealing with in your life? Do you trust me with your loneliness, with that marriage that's on the rocks? Do you trust me with those health issues that you've been having or those dreams or ambitions you've been striving for? Do you trust me? Will you trust me? You know what, when you brush everything else away and, and you look at the core issues of life, that is the most important question I can ask you this morning. Do you trust God? Will you trust Him? Because in order for you to hear Him, you must trust Him. Have you trusted Him? If you're here this morning and you've never given your heart to Jesus, I invite you to come and receive Christ as your Savior. If you're here today and you're away from God, I, I implore you, I beg you to come back home to Him. Trust Him. You, you might wonder, preacher, why every Sunday morning at the end of the service do we have this invitation where, where the praise team sings and you invite people to come and pray? Well, <laughs> the, 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 the short answer to the, the, the long answer to that question is because you need this. Man, I need this. I need to be able to come to God at any time, but especially in a public worship service, and say, Lord, you know what? I don't have it all figured out, and I do need help, and I'm trusting you. And so why don't you just gather up all the issues and all the problems you've dealt with this, this past week and, and come to talk to God about them. He's got the answer. Would you trust him? And so I'm going to ask you to come and pray here in just a moment. For whatever reason, just, just feel the freedom to come and ask God for help. 
Here's, here's another thing I want to do. I feel really burdened to do this today. And that is to pray for our young people as they go back to school. Oklahoma kids have already gone back to school this past week. Arkansas kids start school tomorrow. I'm gonna, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask the students if they, would just, if they would be bold enough to come down to the altar and let us gather around you guys and pray for you as you go back to school. Then we got some college kids. Mason's already gone back to, to school. Some of the others have already gone back to school. Tomorrow and this next week, a lot of other of our, our young high school kids who've just graduated from high school, they're going to go off to college. And Josh, I want to pray for you this morning, buddy. Pray for Callie as she goes down to Baylor. Pray for Ben as he goes to U of A. All you other college students who are going back to college, would, would, would you just come down to the altar and kind of spread out and let your family members and the other people of this church that care about you come pray for you? Ask God to be with you and guide you and keep you safe. See, that's what makes a church a great church, that we care about each other. We pray for one another. And teachers, I don't want to leave you out because, man, we need you. So teachers, why don't you come down and let us say a prayer over you as well. Heavenly Father, would you please 